Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God, a biblical instructional program. Uh, today is uh, Sunday, and we are going to talk about something that I haven't heard too often in a Bible study or a teaching. I'm going to talk about who the last Adam and Eve are. And this hopefully will help you understand what the entire plan of God is all about. Because it certainly involves Adam and Eve. And so let's start by going in Genesis. So get your Bible out and we are going to Go to Genesis so that we can understand who, well, we already understand who the first Adam and Eve is or are, but we need to understand who the last Adam and Eve are. So let's go to Genesis. And I get to the part in Barrett Sheet or Genesis where he states here, I'm going to read this in the King James Version here, about the creation of man. Genesis 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and see our, our. And so already in the first chapter of Bereshit, or Genesis, is revealing that mankind, or, or Yodhevahe, I should say, is a composite Unity, this plurality in Yodevahe, and I went over that last, the last Bible study I did on how to prove that Yeshua is the Messiah by just using the Tanakh or the Old Testament. And so Genesis 1 verse 26, and Yodevahe said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And in verse 27, so Yodhevahe created man in his own image. In the image of Yodhevahe created he him, male and female created he him. So mankind, the word uh, for man is Adam in Hebrew. And it basically means 
mankind. It means mankind. And so that is what man is. Man is Adam, and it consists of someone who is a part of the human race. All right? So I know in other contexts it could refer to just a man, but you have to read the context. Certainly here it's talking about both male and female. All right, and then in verse 28, and yod blessed him, and yod said unto him, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish, replenish, that's a male in Hebrew, and it means to complete, furnish, satisfy, the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. But that's not all the potential of man. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. And actually, this is, this is taken also from Psalm 8, but Hebrews expands on Psalm chapter 8. And so let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's understand the potential of man. All right, so in Hebrews 2 verse 5, it says, For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. In verse 2 of Hebrews chapter, uh, no, Hebrews cha- uh, verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 2. So Hebrews 2 verse 6. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, and this is from Psalm chapter 8, what he's testifying here. And so I'm going to go back here to uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and in verse 6. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visited him, that you visited him, or you closely inspect or observe him? Verse 7, For you made him a little lower than the angels. And I think another, this other translation from the Tanakh, it says, A little lower than Yodevahe. Thou crowned him with glory and honor, and you did set him over the works of thy hands. In verse 8, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. I know other, another translation puts the universe. In verse 9, but we see Yeshua, who was made a little lower than Yodevahe for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should take, taste death for every man. All right, so that's the potential of man. Eventually, Yodhivahe wants mankind to rule the universe with him, to have jurisdiction over the universe. And so we understand that's the potential of mankind. That's the potential of mankind. All right, so we know what happened. And let's go over that here real quickly in Genesis chapter 3. Um I'm just going to, you know what happened as far as uh, Eve taking the the fruit that she wasn't supposed to take. And then Adam was right there and he took it too. So they both got cursed. And let's pick it up here. In verse 14 of Genesis chapter 3. And the master said unto the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed above all the cattle. He's talking about Hasatan or the vehicle that he used, the, the snake and a, and, a, and a serpent. And above every beast of the field and upon thy belly shall you go, and thus shall you eat all the days of thy life. In verse 15, and I will put 
hostility between thee and the woman, and between thy seed or children and her seed or children. It shall bruise thy head, and you shall bruise his heel. And so this this verse here is the first indication of the Messiah here. And then, uh, as I quoted last week, there's a translation in the uh, Targum Jonathan, which is a uh, Aramaic uh, translation into English of the Bible, and it's also paraphrased. And it, it talks about something, this particular verse being uh, a part of the Messiah. All right, so so we have a conflict happening with Eve, Eve's children, which is mankind, and also Hasatan. And many of those children of Eve, unfortunately, are Hasatan's children. And so we're having this battle. Now, also, this, this is certainly linked with the fact that uh, Jacob or the 12 tribes of Israel certainly is a part of the woman's seed. But the woman's seed, you have those that are part of Israel and you have the rest. So I just wanted to get, get a little background here before I start talking about who the last Adam is and the last Eve. And so every program I do write notes and you guys look at the notes here if you are um, on the uh, Blog Talk Radio website. And so we know mankind, Adam and Hawa, that's what Eve is in Hebrew, sinned and was driven out of the Garden of Eden. Mankind's children have been cursed with problems and death ever since. And this verse is very important. All the verses are important, but I mean, for this Bible study, it certainly is. And um, in Genesis 3, verse 22, it states the following, and the master, Yodevahi, said, behold, the man has become as one of us. To know good and evil, and now that night he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. So we know the tree of life obviously represents immortality, and we should understand just from that one verse in Bereshit chapter 22 or Genesis 22 that none of mankind has immortality right now. And verse 23, therefore the master Yodevahi sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. And verse 24. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, mighty angels, and a flaming sword was turned of every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And so he did not want Adam and Eve to eat of this tree and be in an immortal state of damnation. Okay, he did not want that. And so because he cares about his creation, his ultimate creation, man, He has blocked off the path of immortality temporarily because he had a plan in force all along in verse 15. It tells you that. And that plan in verse 15 of this chapter, Genesis chapter 3, is that the Messiah from the woman will be born the Messiah. And the Messiah uh, shall bruise. Hasatan's head And Hasatanus is going to bruise Mankind's heel Israel's heel but also Mankind as a whole All right, But ultimately because 
if you get somebody at the head, that's the reason why uh, snipers they go for the head because if you get if you get the head, then <laughs> you you get you get the person. Well, uh, certainly Yodevahe knows that, and he's going to bruise Hasatan's head to destroy him one day. So anyway, in First Corinthians fifteen verses forty-five to forty-seven, it says, "So it is written: the first man Adam was made a living soul." We just read that. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Actually, I don't think I did read the um, how he created man in Genesis chapter 2. Let me just read that here real quick if I can find it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the master, Yodevahi, formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 2, and the master... Yodevahi planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. All right, so that's the creation of man. And then let's take a look at this creation of woman. So we can understand. All right, and in verse 15, and the master Yodevahi took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. All right, and then I want to go down to the creation of man in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2 and the master said it is not good that the man should be alone I will make a help meet for him and that word help in the Hebrew is azar and it means someone to aid it refers to aid or assistance that is given whether material or immaterial okay it indicates persons who give help the woman created as Adam's complementary not competition, but complementary help. All right, and so that's what a woman is supposed to be. And so anyway, let's look at the creation of a woman. And so let me just put a background here in Genesis 2, verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him, a suitable companion. Verse 21, and the master Yodevahe caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the master Yodevahe had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, woman, isha in Hebrew. That's what it means. And because she came out of a man. Verse 24, therefore shall a man leave, it doesn't mean leave to another country, but leave his parents' home, living in the home. All right? And shall cleave unto his wife, and, they, and then they're going to create a family, and they shall be a hot, a hot, or one flesh. All right? So. We get the picture here on a physical plane, temporal plane, there was the first Adam and Eve, or Hava, Adam and Hava, that's how you say it in Hebrew, Adam and Eve in English. And they were created. First the man, Adam, was created. Then Eve was created. Uh, and Eve is simply a part of Adam's body. And actually, if you want to get really clear, a woman is actually a man's rib. <laughs> so, all right. So let's read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 to 47. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 
Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. So this is saying that the natural progression of mankind, first man lives as a physical being. Eventually, he is going to transform to living in the spiritual dimension. That's what they're saying. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is Yodevahe from heaven. That's talking about Yeshua, but he's the prototype. He is the ultimate, he's the ultimate example of what a man should be or what mankind should be. So the last Adam is the redeemer of mankind. And Job 19, verse 25, it states the following. For I know that my redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And this is another simple way to prove that the Messiah is divine and he's Yodevahe. He's a part of the Yodevahe. Um, he's a part of uh, Yodevahe. So let's let's analyze this here. Uh, Zechariah 14. Well, actually, let me go to Isaiah 44, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. It states the following. Thus says the master, the king of Israel, and his redeemer. So that same Hebrew word for redeemer which is all, okay, it means to act, to redeem or act as a kinsman, redeemer. The word means to act as a redeemer for a deceased kinsman, to redeem or buy back from bondage. And so God is that redeemer. <laughs> and in Job 19, verse 25, Job 19, verse 25, this is another real simple way to prove that the Messiah is Yodevahe, folks. And this is not even in the New Testament. For I know that my Redeemer, same Hebrew word, Ka'al, okay, it's the same Hebrew word, and it means the same thing. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day. At uh, the latter days is simply the Acharit Hayamen, the days before the coming of the Messiah. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job 19, verse 25. All right, another scripture. Uh, Zechariah 14 verse 3 to 4 Then shall the master go and fight Against those nations as when he fought In the day of battle and his feet Here we go again feet shall stand So he's going to stand in the day upon the Mount of Olives so this is what Job 19 verse 25 is referring to Which is before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount Of Olives shall cleave in the midst there Toward the east and toward the west and there Shall be a very great valley And half the mountain shall remove Toward the north and half of it toward The south and so this is Zechariah 14, verses 3 to 4. The Redeemer is Yodevahe, the Son, the Messiah of mankind, Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so that should be pretty plain who the last Adam is. He's the last Adam. All right. Now, you remember these many scriptures that the, the assembly, the congregation, even back in the days of Israel, was his wife. He would talk to them and say, hey, you, I'm your husband. I'm your husband. I'm your husband. He would say it constantly to them. I'm your husband. I'm your husband. And the congregation of Israel was his wife. But they, unfortunately, was a rebellious wife. And he constantly, over and over and over and over and over again, uh, was trying to reach them, reach our people. And we resisted 
Like in Jeremiah 3, verse 20, it says right here, Surely as a wife treacherously apart from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the master. And and he, he's always constantly pleading with us, even now. Jeremiah 3, verse 20, Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Behold, we come unto thee. And here's another vital scripture for you to understand in light of this. Uh, and at that time, says the master, um, they shall bring, oh, Jeremiah, this is the wrong chapter, Jeremiah 3, verse 8. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. And so he divorced the 10 tribes, Ephraim, which are Christians today. A lot of Ephraimites are Christians. All right. And he divorced her. So if he divorced her, then the covenant, they're not going to honor the covenant. The covenant involves keeping the commandments. And of course, the symbol of the, or the sign of the covenant is keeping the Shabbat. And that's in Exodus chapter 31, starting in verse 17. And so I saw when, for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away. And, and he's talking about spiritual adultery here. I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah, which is the house of Judah, he didn't divorce Judah, he divorced the house of Israel, the ten tribes. And I want you to understand something. By him divorcing her, then that is one of the major reasons why most Christians, people who call themselves Christians, don't want to have anything to do with uh, the Sabbath and the holy days and the clean and unclean meat instructions is because they lost a way on how to really purify themselves. And really, those three groups of, of commandments, they certainly uh, keep us set apart and holy, all the commandments do. But the Sabbath was a sign of being set apart. And, of course, the uh, appointed times uh, is similar to the Sabbath. And then, of course, uh, to keep our, our bodies pure, he gave us instructions on how to, what meats to eat in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and Leviticus chapter 11. And so this is a very, very um, significant scripture. I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. All right. So he divorced the house of Israel, Ephraim, and they're still divorced to this day. But he didn't divorce Judah. He didn't divorce you. He divorced Ephraim. All right. So who is the last thief? Would to God, and this is in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1 to 13. Would to God, and he's talking, this is Shaul or Paul, the apostle Paul, talking to the Corinthian church, the serious problem Corinthian church. Uh, would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed, bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to, to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ or the Messiah. But I fear that not by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. All right, so there's a lot in this. Let me do what is called a midrash on this or an, an, a deep explanation of this verse. First of all, this verse or these, yeah, I guess so, yeah, I would say verses rather, these verses is letting you know 
who that the Messiah has a bride and because he's a husband and it's identifying who that bride is. He's talking to the Corinthian assembly members. And so we get right here in these series of verses that the assembly is his betrothed bride and wife. And we already got from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to 45 to 47 that the last Adam is the Messiah. And so if he's the last Adam and if the assembly of Yodevahe is his bride or wife, then the assembly of Yodevahe is the last Eve. Someone had asked me a question. I didn't know the answer to it at that time because he didn't reveal this to me. But he asked me, well, what would have happened to Eve if uh, Adam would not have sinned, but Eve sinned? What would have happened to her? Well, the answer is that obviously Adam would have still been married to Eve, of course, and he would have helped her uh, become like him because that's what the Messiah is doing right now. He is cleaning up the last Eve, which is the assembly of Yodevahe. All right, so, and let me explain to you who that assembly is, because people, uh, they make the mistake of thinking, well, all you have to do is believe in the Messiah, and, and you are a part of that assembly. No, I mean, that, that that is not true at all. To be Eve, you have to be like your husband. Your husband is the king of Israel. And if he's the king of Israel, he's going to be keeping Israel's laws and regulations, including the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meats. And so remember, I just read Genesis for a reason to help you understand that a husband and wife should be a chad, okay? And when Yeshua prayed to the Father in John chapter 17, this is what he prayed for. In John chapter 17. John chapter 17, he prayed for something significant here. I'm trying to find it here. Verse 21. 17, verse 20. That they all may be hot, one, as thou, Father, are in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So he prayed that the assembly will be one like the Father. The Father keeps his own laws. He keeps the Sabbath and the holy days and the, and the clean and unclean meats instructions, and he he desires for us to do the same. In verse 22, because in Ephesians 5, verse 1, it says we ought to imitate Yodei John 17, verse 22, and the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. In verse 23, I and them, and thou and me, and that they may be made perfect in Ahad, and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. Okay, so that was his his prayer. And then in Revelation 19, verse 7, it says, the wife, the last Eve, will make herself ready. So we know that that's going to happen. Now, let's get let's, let's look at Christ here for the purpose of this Bible study. That's, when you think of Christ as the Messiah, think of him as the last Adam. Think of him as Adam, because that's what he is, all right? And so, this verse in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1 and 3, also reveals 
prophetically the problems that Eve would have, that, that Eve would be from time to time deceived by Hasatan. It says, but I fear that by any means that the serpent beguiled Eve through his substance, so your mind. So he's comparing the assembly to Eve. So he's letting you know that the last, uh, that the last Eve is the assembly of Yodei So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Messiah. All right, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 to understand this. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Yodevahe also loved the, the church or the last Eve and gave himself for it. Verse 26. And that's what the first Adam would have done. That he might sanctify, okay, sanctify means kadosh, to be holy, and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, by the word of God. The word of God cleanses your mind. It cleanses your mind, all right? And so that's what he's doing right now. He's cleansing his assembly. That's the reason why, prophetically, it states in Revelation 19, verse 7, that the wife will have made herself ready with the help from her husband that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, verse 27, that he might present it to himself, a fulfillment of Revelation 19, verse 7, a glorious assembly or a glorious Eve, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be kadosh or holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives. So this is an example on a temporal plane as well, that husbands should love their wives this way. All right? Now, in verse 30, it states that the assembly, the true assembly of Yodhiyavahe, are members of Yeshua's body, just like the first Eve was certainly a member of the first Adam's body, in particular, a rib. And so in verse 30, it says, for we are members of his body, the Messiah's body, of his flesh and of his bone. Verse 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Messiah and the assembly. So he's telling you the mystery. It's not a mystery anymore. If Yeshua is the last Adam, then the a church or the assembly or the congregation of Israel is the last Eve. And I'm talking about those who are keeping the commandments, not those who aren't, because in, in, in Romans chapter 9, it certainly states that all Israel is not Israel. So unfortunately, some people in Israel are going to be lost. So that's what it says here. So we can't assume that because uh, right here in Romans 9 verse 6, not as though the word of God has none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. And so just saying I'm a part of Israel or I'm in Abraham's seed, that's not good enough for God. We, gotta, we have to obey the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right? And so I hope, I hope you understand here that the scriptures totally reveal that the last Adam is the Messiah and the last Eve is the assembly that is following her husband's example and is obeying her husband. All right? And so in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 again. Let's take a look at this 
um, sometimes misunderstood passages of scripture here. And so, and, and Ephesians 5 verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Messiah is the head of the church. So the last Adam is the head of the last Eve. Okay? And some women, when they read, not just women, some men too, when they read Genesis, they say, well, in the beginning, uh, there was equal authority. No, uh, 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 no, it was not. If it's saying here that Christ is the last Adam, and of course, if he has a wife, then that must be the last Eve, then Adam was going to be the head of Eve no matter what happened. Okay? So we got to understand that. So in Ephesians 5, verse 20, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as the Messiah is the head of the assembly, or the last Eve, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the assembly, or the last Eve, is subject unto the Messiah, or should be, so let the wives be uh, subject to their husbands in everything. Now, of course, um, we husbands, because I'm a husband, we're not perfect, so if we make a mistake or we tell our wives to do something that's scripture, of course the wives don't obey that. It's talking about anything that is approved of the Bible. Now, with Messiah, we don't have to worry about that because he's perfect, all right? All right, so I hope you get a clear picture of this. Now, there's a beautiful scripture. There's a beautiful scripture in Obadiah. Now, that's, that's probably a book that you may not even go to often, but Obadiah is a prophetic book, and the last verse here is prophetic. I want you, and I'm talking to those who actually listen to this program that actually believe that I am a tool that God is using to clean up his wife. Uh, that's what I am. And um, I'm being used by him to, to help clean up his wife, wherever the wife is around the world. If you listen to this program, the words that I speak, which is the words of God, is going to help clean you up. Um, I'm a spiritual father and I'm a shepherd of the assembly, one of them. So anyway, Obadiah 1, verse 21, and saviors, saviors, saviors. So Yeshua is the ultimate savior, but what is Eve? Eve is a help meet, a complementary mate to Adam, right? And so Yatha, that's what it means in Hebrew, means to save, and we're saviors. He's the ultimate savior, but we're also saviors because we help him. We help him. And so think of you yourselves. You're the bride. You're the wife of the Messiah. That means that you are also a savior. And so, and savior shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the mouth of Esau. And Esau in this context is talking about those who are wicked and the kingdom shall be the master. So, Obadiah 1 verse 21 states that we are all saviors, and, and the ones that are saviors, of course, are those who are the first fruits, those who are participate in the first resurrection. In Revelation chapter 20, it states this. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them. This is what Obadiah 1 verse 21 is talking about. Uh, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yeshua and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with the Messiah a thousand years. Verse 5, but the rest of the dead lived not again until after the thousand years 
uh, we're finished. This is the first resurrection. And blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death have no power, but they shall be co-name of God and of the Messiah and shall reign with him a thousand years. That is the last Eve's responsibility. She will be a help meet to the last Adam. So in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 again, let's, let's understand the purpose of the woman. So by understanding the purpose of the woman, you'll understand the purpose of the assembly, ladies and gentlemen. Because the, the assembly, the true assembly of Yodevahe is the last Eve. It's the last Eve. And so what is the woman? What is a woman? What is the function of a woman? What is the function of a woman? All right, so the Hebrew word for help is izar, and it means a helper, aid. It refers to an aid or assistance that is given. All right, so even though God doesn't need, he wants help. Okay, so it says a woman created as Adam's complementary help. So we will be and are his complementary helper. When we obey him, we are helping him. And that's what a bride or a woman should be doing for a husband instead of fighting and arguing and fussing with him like, like our ancestors did in the wilderness. The congregation of Israel at that time, who God was trying to raise to be the last Eve, they rebelled against him. And they didn't cooperate. And they, they were not learning how to be a complementary helper toward their husband. Those who learn how to do that will be the last Eve. Those who don't won't be the last Eve, but you will still have a chance to be the children of the last Adam and last Eve. Because what does it say here in Genesis about the purpose of creating mankind? What uh, are Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve. When the marriage happens and then the marriage is consummated on a spiritual plane that I don't and you don't understand. But in Genesis chapter one, unless <laughs> someone understands it, explain to me, because uh, there's not going to be any sex at, uh, on the spiritual plane. So it's symbolic of some other type of union. OK, uh, so in Genesis. Uh, chapter one, verse 28, this is what's going to happen when the Messiah comes back. And then when, when we're married to him, this is what's going to happen on a spiritual plane. Genesis 1, verse 28, and Yodevahe blessed him, and Yodevahe said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so what we're going to do is replenish the earth with uh, new mankind. Mankind not having the devil's spirit in them, but having Yodevahe's spirit. And we're going to be the parents of new mankind, newly created mankind. Newly cleaned up mankind when they're resurrected during this, uh, uh, actually during the millennium, because there's going to be some human beings left. I, I would approximate about 700,000 maybe left on the earth. I'm just estimating uh, when the Messiah and the last Eve, the last Adam and last Eve, um, the last Eve is resurrected. And of course, uh, the last Adam comes with his wife to rule the universe as the, as the earth being the headquarters of the universe. But in Genesis 1 verse 28, and Yodevahe blessed him, and Yodevahe said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. All right? And so we're going to birth spiritually 
cleaned up mankind, and the majority of mankind are going to be saved. That's the reason why Obadiah calls us saviors, because with the Messiah, we are saviors, and we are going to save mankind. And saving mankind means the majority of mankind will be saved, because it is the master's purpose in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. He states, who will have all men to be saved. That doesn't mean he's going to save all men, but that's his desire, and to come into the knowledge of the truth. And then in Romans, Romans, I want this to be a positive message, and I hope it is. Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, verse 32, for God has concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. And so he will save the majority of mankind. Those who are, I, I give these messages and, and these free teachings, God is using me to reach people who he's calling to be a king priest, who he's calling to be his elect, his bride right now. That's what the purpose of my ministry or any ministry, a true ministry of God is right now. He's not calling all of mankind for salvation right now to be his bride. He's, he's calling a particular group of people to be his son's bride right now. Only those who will choose to be his bride will continue to listen to what I have to say. And so I hope you understand that because if you do, then you certainly are choosing to become the last Eve. If you're not understanding what I'm saying, then you'll end up being one of uh, Adam and Eve's, the last Adam and Eve's children. All right. So I'm trying to explain his plan the best that I can. And in another two minutes, I'm going to go off the air, but I still want to break this down a little bit more so that you understand this, because I, more than likely, you probably never heard of this before. Okay, this is something that I don't hear preached too often. And so what I'm going to do is try to clarify this and make it very clear uh, for you. And please afford this um, teaching to other people, uh, because this will help them better understand, I believe, uh, the plan of Yodevahe. Now, the bride is simply the first fruits, and they are the elect of Yodevahe. And this is the definition of the elect in 1 Peter 1, verse 2. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of Yodevahe, through the sanctification, here we go with sanctifying, being cleaned up, of the spirit. You have to have the true spirit of God. Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua Messiah. So that that's who the elect are, ladies and gentlemen. These are people who understand who the Father is. They understand that you have to obey, and they understand that the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua Messiah has a lot to do with that obedience. Those who are the, that, that's, that's the elect, and they understand that they must follow the Messiah, and they understand that they must keep all the commandments to the best of their ability, and they keep the Sabbath and the holy days, and they clean un, unclean meat instructions along with all the other commandments. And they don't believe that. The, um, the Torah, the, all the instructions of God have been nailed to the cross. They don't believe any of that. And that's what uh, Christianity, the majority of Christianity teaches, and that's false doctrine. And so in Ezekiel chapter 11, gives you a, a, a simple definition of who a true believer is. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, and I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Verse 20, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinance and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. 
okay? And if you are his people today, then you are the last Eve. And the last Eve walks in his statutes and keeps his ordinances and do them, all of them, including keeping the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions. All right, so I'm going to be going off the air for those who are hearing me now, but you can reach or obtain this program in the archives. Shalom. Peace. Okay, I'm in the recorded session of this program, and I wanted to give a few more um, uh, points. I want to make a few more points, I should say, about this. And so we should understand, based on what I've went through so far, that the last Adam is the Messiah, the last Eve, his bride, which is the assembly of Yodevahe. All right? And I want to make some important points here because I've heard some people say, well, the bride is just uh, the New Jerusalem. Well, let's, let's go over the scripture here. But first of all, let's go over uh, John, John, John chapter uh, 14, verse 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yodhavahe, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, and that word mansions in the Greek means uh, a habitation, abode, okay, rooms, a dwelling place. And so there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive into myself that where I am, you may also be. And so that simply is talking about the new Jerusalem, ladies and gentlemen. So the bride, the last Eve, will be living in new Jerusalem. That's what it's saying. So let's go to uh, some scriptures that shed more light on this. Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3, rather, sorry. Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and I'm finding, I'm trying to find the scripture where it talks about, oh, here we go. All right, so Revelation chapter, okay, let me go. Revelation 3, verse 11, behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which you have, that no man may take thy crown. So we're going to have a crown, folks. And verse 12, and him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of Yodevahe, that's God's house, all right? And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my Yodevahe and the name of the city of my Yodevahe, which is New Jerusalem, which come down out of heaven. And from my Yodevahe, and I will write upon him my new name. All right. And so the bride will be living in New Jerusalem. And they will be a pillar in the temple of Yodevahe. All right. So. In Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and, and, and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And, and John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, a tabernacle of Yodevahe is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Yodevahe himself shall be with them and be their God. And Yodevahe will wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, very, very beautiful scripture. And I'm going to go to the, the part here where 
It has something to do with the bride, uh, the lamb's wife. Revelation 21, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me and said, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from Yodevahe. All right? And so the lamb's wife will be living in New Jerusalem. And so uh, the lamb's wife is not just New Jerusalem. It's also the, 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 uh, the people that uh, ended up being the last Eve. They will be living in New Jerusalem. So I hope I clarified that because some people are teaching incorrectly that the bride is just New Jerusalem. No, the wife, the, the bride also consists of people living in Jerusalem, and those people living in Jerusalem would be his wife. And I've already showed you scriptures that prove that the wife is the assembly, and it would be the resurrected assembly of Yodevahe. And that assembly goes all the way back to, um, to the first uh, human being that was murdered. Abel, all the way down to today. And the book of Hebrews uh, proves that. And the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, it states the following. And these, because it talked about Moses, it talked about uh, Elijah and and other people in this chapter. And, And in verse 39, it says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Now, that's an interesting scripture where it says they receive not the promise. And what is that referring to? I need to find the scripture here, but um, there's a scripture that tells us what the promise is. And you know, a lot of people have great ideas about what they think it is, but we got to look at the Bible and, and see what the Bible's uh, interpretation is. First John 2, verse 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life. So the promise... Uh, using the Bible to interpret itself, is eternal life. So when we go to Hebrews chapter 11, it states here, Hebrews chapter 11, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They didn't receive eternal life. They're not eternally living yet. Verse 40, Yodivai, having provided some, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So that scripture should prove to you that the last Eve consists of all those from Abel all the way down to today, righteous Abel to, to anyone else that was righteous and being righteous according to the Bible's definition of righteous, not someone else's head, is, uh, it says, and it shall be, Deuteronomy 6 verse 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the master our Yodevaye as he has commanded us. So if you're righteous, that means you're keeping all the commandments, including the Shabbat, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions to the best of your ability. That is the assembly. That is the group of people who are worshiping that will be the last Eve and that will end up being uh, Yeshua's wife. All right? So I hope that, that that's very clear to you. It should be. And then Psalm 119, Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 172, states the following. Verse 172, my tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. And so that's pretty clear to you as well. And so prophetically, 
in Revelation chapter 22. This is what's going on as I'm speaking. Um, right here. And this, this is an interesting verse. I, I love it. This is in the last chapter of, um, which is the last, actually there's uh, 22 letters of the uh, Hebrew alphabet. And this is, this is the last uh, chapter. And it's, just, it's pretty interesting that uh, the book of Revelation is 22 chapters. It's equivalent to the 22 letters of the alphabet. That's the beautiful thing about it. I'm trying to find a scripture that talks about the bride. Uh, let me go ahead and find it here, and I'll read it to you. There's a beautiful scripture about, All right, here we go. Revelation 22, verse 17, and the spirit, because God is a spirit, right? So it's referring to God in this context. And the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that thirsteth come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. And so that is what's going on right now. Uh, God, the spirit, influencing his bride to say, come. And so he's talking to you. He's talking to anybody that has continued to listen to this program. Uh, do you want to come? Do you want, if you're thirst, come. And whoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. You can get the water of life spiritually right now by listening to what I'm saying. All I'm doing is speaking Yah's words. Okay? So mankind can become immortal because of the tremendous sacrifice of the Lamb of Yodevahe who took away the sin of the world. That's in John 1 verse 29. Elohim's plan is to create many sons of Elohim. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 to 10, John chapter 10, verse 34 to 36, and Revelation 21, verse 7. Ultimately, he desires to dwell in all of mankind. And so let's go over this a little more in detail here. The first man, Adam, sin closed the door of immortality. And so when he sinned, and he and Eve sinned, it closed the door to immortality. Now, the first woman, Eve, she was deceived, and most of her children, mankind, are deceived and defiled. And this can be proved by several scriptures. But Yeshua said himself, just one scripture alone in Matthew. Let me go to Matthew chapter, um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. He says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads into life. And few there be that find it. Few. And it means uh, small. Small. A small amount. Small. Very little. Small. All right. Now, the last Adam is Yeshua. The sacrifice of his life opened the door to immortality again. So picture those cherubim not blocking off the tree of life anymore. That was taken away when he died. Okay, the last Eve, the assembly of Yah, few are being selected from mankind to undeceive and purify the last Adam's wife. And so that's certainly what's going on right now. I'm going to read a few other scriptures so you can understand that. Matthew chapter 22. This is what's been going on ever since uh, Abel. Righteous Abel. 
Matthew 22, verse 2, the kingdom of Yodevahe is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. So that's what's going on right now in verse 3. And it's been going on for, like I say, since Abel. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. And so you can read the rest of that because that's a prophecy because um, those, many of those, is many that are called, but few are chosen. So that simply means that many will be called to understand the truth of the Messiah being, uh, Yeshua being the Messiah, but there's only going to be a few that's going to be chosen. All right. And let me go to, before I forget, in the book of Revelation chapter 17, Revelation chapter 17. And this is another scripture to help you understand who, who's going to be his wife, who is the last Eve. It's not everybody, folks. Revelation 17, verse 14, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the master of lords and the king of kings. So if he's the lord of lords and the king of kings, that means there's going to be lords and kings underneath him. And they that are called with him, these are the kings and lords that's going to be underneath him. And they that are with him are called. You have to be chosen. And then after you're chosen, you have to continue on. You have to be faithful. And being faithful means you have to be obedient. Again, when I read the scripture of the elect, he's going to stop the world from destruction in Matthew chapter uh, 24. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Because of the elect's sake, his bride's sake, like any husband would, would want to save his wife. And that's what he's going to do. Matthew 24, verse 22. And except those days should be short, there should no flesh be saved. But for his wife's sake, for the elect's sake. For the last Eve's sake, for the assembly of Israel's sake, all right, those days shall be short. When I say the assembly of Israel, we are the commonwealth of Israel. We are attached to Israel, those who are of the tribes of Israel. I, I happen to be, I have Jewish ancestry. I just found that out today. Well, I, I found it out before, but I found that I had more Jewish ancestry than I thought. And I also have... Uh, Ephraimite blood in me as well And so um, But for those who don't have any Israelite blood you become a part of the commonwealth Of Israel as Ephesians chapter 2 States by believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and you receive His Holy Spirit And you become uh, Part of the bride Of the king of Israel And of course the king of Israel is going to Expect you to obey his rules and regulations And so anyway uh, for his wife's sake, <laughs> for his assembly's sake, all right, for his bride's sake, he is going to stop or shorten the days uh, so that there won't be destruction of the earth and so that this won't happen, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But he's going to shorten those days. So that's the reason why the earth is going to be saved, because, of course, any husband is going to go in and save his wife, and that's what he's going to do. All right, so few are being selected for mankind to undeceive and purify and to become the last Adam's wife. And so let's look at the, uh, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, uh, Know ye not that the unrighteous uh, shall not inherit the kingdom of Yodevah? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, or being gay. 
uh, basically. I think that's what that means in the Greek. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, homosexuals. Okay. All right. Uh, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Verse 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor um, uh, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. In verse 11. And such were some of you. But here, here's the key. This is why I quoted this verse in verse 11. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Messiah, Yeshua, and by the Spirit of our God, okay? And so that's what has to happen for you to be his bride and wife. You have to be washed, you have to be set apart, and you have to be justified, okay? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, it states, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. I have espoused you. Espouse uh, means betrothing. All right. To you, to one husband, that's the Messiah, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to the Messiah. And so the, the bride is certainly that. And it also says that about, let's look in the book of Revelation here. It talks about virgins, okay? Virgins. And virgins is, is symbolically being clean. How can a city be, <laughs> well, it can be clean, but, you know, we got to look at all the scriptures before we make our conclusions, folks, about something, you know, and I, and I, and I try to teach that to people, and um, they, they just don't seem to get it, you know, at times, you know, they just don't want to be taught. All right, so in the book of Revelation, Revelation 14, verse 4, these are they which were not defiled with women. It's talking about the 144,000. But they are virgins. These are they which follow the, the Yodevahe wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto Yodevahe and to the Lamb. So so you have a lot in this, but the 144,000 is, 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 is 144,000 for the children of Israel. They are the cream of the crop. And so and they are um, the first fruits. And they are virgins, and they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Okay, and that's what they should be doing now. And First John, First John, chapter two, verse one. It says, "My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua Messiah the righteous." Verse two, and He is the propitiation of the covering for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. Verse three, and hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His mitzvot. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and and keep him not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected, whereby know we that we are in him. So if you want to be in Yodevahe, keep his word, obey his word. And verse 6 is the key verse because it it helps you to understand who the 144,000 are. He that says he abideth in him himself also to walk even as he walks. So that we should do exactly to the best of our ability, what he did. Now, he doesn't mean that we should be a carpenter, but it does mean that we should work like a carpenter. We should, <laughs> we should work. The Messiah worked, and if he worked, we should work. If he kept the Sabbath, we should keep the Sabbath. If he kept the holy days, we should keep the holy days. If he didn't eat any unclean meats, uh, then we shouldn't eat any unclean meats. All right, it's that simple. So Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, because what? A wife obeys her husband, right, and follows her husband's example, right? Revelation 19, Revelation 19, verse 7 
to 9. Let us be glad and rejoice. And this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a consummation in the marriage. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of Yodevahe. And so let's understand, get some more biblical proof of who the first fruits are. Of the Bikurim, that's, what it's, that's how you say it in, in Hebrew. So the first fruits. First fruits. This is very important here. First fruits. And so in First Corinthians 15, verse 23, he's talking about resurrection. He says, but every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, and after they that are Christ at his coming. So Christ is first and the first fruits is second. He's going to be resurrected. Uh, and then in First Corinthians 16, verse 15, it states, it gives proof that the assembly of Yah is the bickering. I beseech you, brethren, and I'm talking about those who are a following Messiah to the best of their ability, completely following, not half, like not halfway following him. And I'm going to show you some more scriptures if you still doubt that. Um, and First Corinthians 16, verse 15, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Okay, and of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we're the first fruits of the new creation. That's what we are. We are the first fruits of the new creation. And so that, that's what we need to be thinking ourselves as the first fruits of his creation. Okay. Numbers 14 verse 24 plainly states, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. And has followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land where he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now remember, this wife that he had in the wilderness, most of them were rebellious, with the exception of Caleb and and uh, Joshua, Moses, uh, Aaron, and Miriam. Okay, and a few others. You know, so that, that that was it. That was it. So God desires for you to to follow Him fully. Not partially, just like any boss at work. They want you to do what you're supposed to do fully, not partially, not partially. Okay, so that is something to understand and hopefully eternalize uh, within your being as far as what God's expectations are if you want to be his wife. And I say if you want to be his wife because some people don't desire that. They don't desire to want to be his wife. So, you know, I understand that. So, but God expects you to obey him if you want to be his wife. You want to be the last Adam and to follow him fully, not partially, but fully. And so that's important to, again, understand that, that he wants you to follow him, ladies and gentlemen. And God desires to be obeyed, just like um, your boss at work 
uh, he expects to be obeyed as well. In Numbers 32, verse 12, it states, oh, in Numbers 32, remember this scripture, Numbers 32, verse 11, surely none of the men that came out of Mitzrayim or Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. And that Hebrew word for holy means mele, it means mele, and it means to be complete, to fulfill, to finish, to satisfy. And that's what Yeshua did. He didn't do away with the law. He came to fulfill or complete the law. And that's what he wants us to do. In Numbers 32, verse 12, uh, verse 11, let me read it. Surely none of the men that came up out of Mitzrayim from 20 years old and upwards shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me or completely followed me. In Numbers 32, verse 12, save Caleb, the son of Jupanah, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly or completely followed me. They have completely followed me. So that's the definition of elect. That's the definition of a first fruit. That's the definition of the last Eve. That's the definition of the true assembly of Yodei Vahe. The true assembly of Yodei Vahe does the following. Let me turn to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. This is the definition. Revelation 12, verse 17. And the dragon was angry with the woman, which is the last Eve, and went to make war with the remainder of her seed, which keepeth the commandments of Yodevahe and have the testimony of Yeshua Messiah. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand. I'm trying to help you understand who the wife is, who the wife is. And in Revelation 14, verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua Messiah. Okay, and that's in the, that's in the chapter when it talks about uh, who, the 144,000. Okay, and it talks about them being virgins, and they weren't defiled. And so that, that, is, that, who is, that is the last Eve. The last Eve is the total opposite of the first Eve. The first Adam, the, the last Adam, okay, let me rephrase this. The last Adam is the total opposite of the first Adam. The last Eve is or will be the total opposite of the first Eve. The last Adam and Eve will undeceive and purify the majority of mankind. Most of mankind will be saved. And in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 indicates this. Let me go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. For Yodei so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish. But, Hananet, see, you need to read that should not perish. So if you don't believe in him, you will perish. But have ye everlasting life, which is to promise. Verse 17, for Yodevahe sent not his son into the, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So that one verse gives indication that the majority will be saved. If he's going to save the world, that's going to be the majority. If he's going to save few, then obviously he's not saving the world. Okay, so he's going to be saving the world. 
and 1 John 4, verse 14. 1 John 4, verse 14 states the following. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Savior, he's going to be a preserver. He's going to save from danger. The Savior of the world. And he's going to uh, save most of humanity, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story. And Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one man, of one, shall many be made righteous. So this is a, an important scripture that proves my point. Let me read this to you again. Romans 5, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So this is the, a, a dichotomy. You have two opposites in front of each other. And so you have an example of the first Adam, the first Adam through his disobedience. And, uh, all of mankind basically were made sinners. And so by the obedience of one, it says many here because certainly there was one that wasn't, was you sure? All right. And so it wasn't everyone. And so by the obedience of one, shall many be made right. So the antithesis or the opposite will occur. Just like um, every every human being on the earth was a sinner except Yeshua because of one man's sin. Just like that, then the opposite is going to happen. Uh, when Yeshua, because of his obedience, the majority of mankind will be saved. So this really indicates that it's really going to be a very few uh, amount of people that will be thrown in that lake of fire, folks. Romans 5, verse 19 certainly indicates that. And so I can go into further detail about this, um, but I just hope that you understand the plan of God here and you understand that he's not calling everyone right now. And this can be broken down uh, in a way that you can understand it through Adam and Eve. I certainly hope that you can't, ladies and gentlemen. But if you need further explanation about this, please uh, get my book as a free ebook. Uh, go to my website, www.howgodcalls.com. That's www.howgodcalls.com. And so this is on page 29 of the book. It's going to probably be another page once I uh, revise this, but right now it's on page 29 of the book. It says, Yeshua is the barley first fruits. He's the father of mankind, the last Adam. And I have for scriptural references here for that, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, Leviticus 23, verse 10 to 14, and 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. His bride, the wife of Yeshua, represents the wheat first fruits, the mother of mankind, the last Eve. Uh, Galatians 4, verse 6 talks about that. Uh, New Jerusalem, the mother of us all, right? Uh, Genesis chapter, because in New Jerusalem, that's where we're going to be living at. Uh, so, so of course, Genesis, uh, Galatians 4, verse 6, oh, it says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
All right. And I did quote other scriptures to help you understand that. I wanted to um, also quote the scripture where it talks about, um, yeah, I think it's Hebrews. Uh, okay. Let me quote this other script. That's another scripture I wanted to quote as far as understanding who the bride is. Mother. I think it's in Hebrews. But it talks about that. I'm trying to find it here. In the book of Hebrews. I tell you, the Bible has so many verses, so many verses. Uh, Galatians. Okay, yeah. Galatians 4, verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. The mother of us all. So that New Jerusalem, of course, is, is the bride of Messiah. But we're going to be living there. We're a part of the bride of Messiah, but that's where the, uh, the bride of Messiah will be living. All right. And so uh, the, the bride of Messiah includes uh, the assembly of Yah from the first century to our time today, all prophets and saints. And it also includes all prophets and saints before the first coming of Yeshua. Because in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, it said that they had the spirit of Messiah. The prophets, let me read that to you. The prophets had uh, the Messiah spirit. And First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, it says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, uh, who prophesied of the grace that should come upon you. In verse 11, searching what or, or what manner of time the spirit of Messiah, which was in them, so they had the spirit of Messiah, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of the Messiah and that the glory sh- that should follow. And so this is what Romans 8 Verse 9 says, for those who have the spirit of the Messiah or the, or the spirit of Yodevahe in them, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, so be that the spirit of Yodevahe dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Messiah, he is not of hence. And so that's why I can say scripturally that from the time of Abel, because Abel was called righteous, he must have had the spirit of Messiah in him at the time. And the bride of Messiah includes the assembly of Yah from the first century to our time today, all prophets and saints before the first coming of Yeshua. So it certainly includes all of that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that Israel is, is also associated with the first fruit. So spiritual Israel certainly includes um, all the tribes, of those who have the spirit of Messiah being part of the tribes of Israel on a physical basis, but also anybody who believes in Yeshua and receives his spirit, he has a Jewish spirit, a king of Israel spirit, and they are certainly considered part of the commonwealth of Israel. All right? And then in Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, verse 15 to 16. For in Messiah Yeshua, neither circumcision avail anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Verse 16, as many as walk according to this rule, peace on them and mercy upon the Israel of Yodevahe. The Israel of Yodevahe includes Jews and also Christians who both believe in Yeshua Messiah and both believe in keeping the Sabbath, the holy day, and the clean and unclean meats. That, the Jews and Christians together, those who believe that, they are the last Eve. And I'm talking about the ones that have the true spirit of Messiah in them, and they follow Messiah, and they keep all his mitzvot, including the Sabbath, 
the holy days and the clean and unclean meat instructions. Now, who are the children? The children, of course, is the rest of humanity. Uh, in Romans 8, verse 10 to 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 to 11. And if the Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin, because, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Yeshua from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. This is from Abel all the way to today. Because Abel, because he was called righteous, because he kept the commandments of Yodevahe, had the spirit of Messiah dwelling in him. All right? And so in verse 23, it states the following here. And not only they, but also ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. All right? And Abel's body will be, uh, it says right here, will be redeemed. And he will be transformed into a spiritual body, as Paul explained in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. So it's a wonderful message, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful message that God is going to correct the problem that was um, that came about through the first sin. He already has the first Adam. I mean, the last Adam. Now the last Eve has to get herself cleaned up, and she is getting herself cleaned up. And so once the wife has made herself ready, then she'll be ready to, to marry her husband, and then that marriage will be consummated. And then from there, the husband and the wife are going to create a new creature in terms of mankind. And the majority of mankind will be cleaned up, and they will all have resurrected spiritual bodies. And so that is the entire plan of God, and that's the simplest way I can explain it. And he's going to save humanity through the last Adam, who is the Messiah, and the last Eve, which is the assembly of Yodevaya. And that's the reason why Obadiah, um, I wanted to go to Ephesians first here. I'm going to close out with that scripture again in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in the Messiah. And so trusting in the Messiah simply means that you also understand that trust has works involved. And those works consist of keeping the commandments, including the Shabbat, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions. And so in Ephesians 1, verse 13, in whom you also trusted that after you heard the word of truth, what is truth? What is scripturally truth? If you don't know what it is scripturally, get a pencil, piece of paper, write it down. And so truth is Psalm 119, verse 151 is all the commandments of God. And then Psalm 119, 142, truth is also all of his instructions. So truth is all his instructions and also all his commandments, and of course, the embodiment of truth itself is Yeshua Messiah. He said in John 14, verse 6, and then when he was praying to his father, he stated plainly in John 17, verse 17, thy word is truth. All right? 
And so in Ephesians 1, verse 13, in whom you also trusted after you have heard the word of truth, the Passover or gospel of your salvation or Yeshua, that's what salvation means in Hebrew, uh, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with, and a part of believing is becoming immersed. Now, I know there's cases where someone received the spirit without being immersed, but they were ordered to go and get immersed, okay? So in Yeshua's example, Yeshua has the ultimate example. And let me read that to you here, because I've had some people say, well, you don't have to get immersed, and they don't know what you're talking about, because you do. And you have to always go back to um, the, the Messiah's example to verify whether or not we should do so. So this is in Matthew um, Okay, let me see if I can find it. I think it's in uh, Matthew here. Where he got baptized. Um, yeah, here we go. I think in Matthew chapter 3. I think it's in Matthew chapter 3. Because John was like, you know, <laughs> why do you want me to baptize you? You know, and he said, we must fulfill righteousness. You know, I'm trying to find it here. Let me see if I can find it here. And uh, Matthew chapter 3. Here we go. Baptism of Yeshua. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then come of Yeshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be immersed of him. Verse 14. But John, or Yochanan, forbade him, saying, I have need to be immersed of thee, and you come to me. And verse 15. Yeshua answering him said unto him, Allow it to be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. <laughs> and so being immersed, According to the master's words, was a part of completing righteousness. So don't let anyone tell you that you don't need to be immersed uh, in regards to the cleaning up process of proving that you do believe, because you do, and because Yeshua did it. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, let's go to that verse again, verse 13. And whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, and part of that Showing that you believe, public uh, witness of that is being immersed. Uh, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession until the praise of his glory. You got people saying, well, once I believe, then I automatically receive the Spirit. No, that does not happen. That scripture is not saying that. There's a process. All right, so the children is the greater harvest. So, again, Yeshua is the barley first fruits, the father of mankind. The last Adam, that's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, Leviticus 23, verse 10 to 14, and 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20. The bride is the wife of Yeshua, it's the wheat first fruits, the mother of mankind, the last Eve. And I've, caught, I've covered some scriptures already indicating that, but uh, uh, Leviticus 23, verse 15 to 22, and 1 Corinthians 15, verse 23 also covers it as well. Uh, Revelation 3, verse 12 to 13. Revelation 22, verse 17. Also, you know, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 to 49. The children is the greater harvest, the majority of mankind. Those who submit to Messiah's rule at his second coming. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22 to 28. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you understand that the last Adam is the Messiah. The last Eve is the assembly 
of Yodei Vahe that keeps the commandments of God and has the testimony of Messiah and understands that they must follow him completely, not just uh, halfway, but completely. And so through the last Adam and the last Eve, all of mankind, not all of mankind, but the majority of mankind will be saved. The reason why I say I can't say all of mankind because there's a lake of fire for a reason. There's going to be some people tossed in the lake of fire. All right. So in, I mean, Isaiah chapter 66 proves that. I mean, let me, let me read it here. Isaiah chapter 66 is going to be some people thrown in the lake of fire. So Isaiah 66 verse 23, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and one Shabbat to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. In verse 24, and they shall look forth and look at the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worms shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So that means that that lake of fire is going to be used, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's go back to that beautiful prophecy in Obadiah again. And I'll read Psalm, too. It'll show you basically what we will be doing as his bride. Give you a short picture of it anyway. Obadiah, Obadiah 1, verse 21. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion. And, you know, it talks about the 144,000 being on Mount Zion, right? To judge the Mount of Esau. Now, the 144,000 is not the only believers. That's just a part of the believers, okay, in the end times. You're also you're going to have the woman. They're going to be a part of the woman, 144,000. But you're going to have some that's going to be going to the place of safety that's talked about in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12. And 144,000 will be protected from the, um, the punishments on the earth. But that's another Bible study. Obadiah 1 verse 21. And Savior shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the masters. And then Psalm 140, I think it's 149. Psalm 149 tells us a little bit about what we're going to be doing. In verse 5, Psalm 149, verse 5, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing upon, sing aloud upon their own beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishes upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the master. And then in Revelation, let's take a look at what's going to happen to us and what we will have. One of, the, one of the things that we're going to have in Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. It says, And he that overcometh and keep my works unto the end. So you have to be faithful to the end. You're called, chosen, and then you have to be faithful to the end, just like Revelation 17, verse 14 says. So Revelation 2, verse 26, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the going or nation. And verse 27, he shall rule them with a rod of iron, with authority. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my father, of my father. And then in Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. Verse 22. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And in Revelation chapter 1 states the following. 
Revelation chapter 1 states the following. Verse 5. Revelation 1 verse 5. And, and from Yeshua Messiah, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto Yodevahi and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And it says the same thing in Revelation chapter 5 about our destiny. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. And has made unto us our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. And then another verse here, Revelation chapter 20, starting at verse 4. And I saw thrones, and and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yeshua and for the word of God, and worshiped not, uh, and had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with the Messiah a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. This is why they're called the first fruits. The last Eve is the first fruits, it's the elect. Verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. So you have to be blessed and kadosh or set apart. And if you're set apart, then you're keeping the sign of being set apart, the Sabbath, uh, which is found in Exodus chapter 31, starting in verse 17, as far as understanding that that's the sign, the covenant sign that you are set apart. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection on such the second death has no power. That they shall be priests of Yodevahe and of the Messiah and shall reign with him a thousand years. So that is the incredible potential that you have. If you answer the call now to become his wife, you will have all the, I'm not going to tell you, read Revelation 2 and 3 of all the tremendous blessings that you will have. Not only in the future, but I need to encourage you here of the blessings you're going to receive now. So it's not just the future, if I can find it here. Um, let me uh, look here. And Mark talks about, and I know in Matthew, I know it's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 19, but there's a parallel scripture here that I'm trying to remember. Uh, Matthew chapter 19. Uh, I'll find it here in a minute. And I love to quote the scripture for those who are contemplating. Uh, yeah, okay, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. And Yeshua, Mark 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 29 to 30. And Yeshua answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the basars or the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. A hundredfold in this time, ladies and gentlemen. He promised that. A, a hundredfold, okay? And so a hundredfold in this time, and, okay, Ma- Matthew 19, verse 29. Oops, i got to go back to Mark. Mark chapter 10. Let me go back here. Um, Mark chapter 10. And let me go to verse, uh, okay, here we go. Mark 10, verse 29, and Yeshua, Mark chapter 10, verse 29, and Yeshua answered and said, 
Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or fathers or sister or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the bizarres or gospels, verse 30 of Mark chapter 10, but he shall receive a hundredfold now and this time houses and brethren and sisters and brothers and mothers. This Okay, let me slow down. Mark 10, verse 30, but he shall receive a hundredfold now and this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and, and lands, lands with persecutions, and you're going to get persecuted. <laughs> this is not an easy walk. And in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. All right, and this is something you have to understand, too, about this walk, and a lot of people don't understand this, but uh, he said through much tribulation that we have to enter the kingdom of God, okay? And we have to understand that in Matthew chapter 10, he says that we have to take up our cross. And so that means that there's going to be some suffering involved and you have to be willing to go through it. Acts 14, verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the inuna or faith and that we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of Yodevah. Okay, so if you want to be his wife, you have an opportunity. God is calling you through me and through the few, and I mean the few others who are spiritual shepherds and spiritual fathers of his assembly. And so, and also true teachers of Yodevahi, the few that are on the earth at this time, because one of our responsibilities as a teacher, and it says it in Jeremiah 3, verse 15, this popped in my mind, the scripture, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. And see, that's the key, according to God's mind, not the devil's which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So that's our responsibility is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. And that's what I'm doing. And so ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to go and get my free book. It's no gimmick. I'm not asking for any money. All you need to do is put your name and your email address. And, you know, I'll send you monthly emails of things that are on my mind. And if you want to give to this ministry, it's up to you. Nobody's forcing you to do anything, but, uh, God certainly commands us all to give, and it should be given unto you. And so we should be living a life of giving. And so um, my number, if you want to mail a contribution to this work, is uh, 1-800-941-8011. That's 1-800-941-8011. If you want to simply just uh, go to my website, mercifulserviceofgod.com, mercifulserviceofgod.com, and just click the yellow Donate button. It's www.mercifulserviceofgod.com, www.mercifulserviceofgod.com, and simply click the yellow donate button. I would appreciate it if you gave to this work. And please go to my website, www.howgodcalls, with an S at the end, howgodcalls.com, and download your free ebook, and then you'll get on my uh, newsletter list as well. And so I hope you understand the entire plan of God, and you understand that not everybody uh, is the Messiah's true bride, the last Eve. You understand who the last Eve, and if you have any other questions, please email me at canard at mercifulserviceofgod.com. With that, may y'all bless and keep you, and y'all willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, 
the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.